All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Daily Faceoff Show, your everyday source for the latest news with top-notch insight and analysis, live every weekday at noon Eastern. What's up, everybody? It's a Friday, March 11th edition of the Daily Faceoff Show, now 10 days away from the NHL's trade deadline, and we're streaming live on Twitter, YouTube, as well as, of course, dailyfaceoff.com. He is former Vancouver Canucks assistant general manager, Chris Gear. Chris, how you doing? Excellent. I think we got a great show lined up, Frank. So let's fire it up. Yeah, there's so much to talk about. Uh, speaking of uh, talk, how about that's exactly what Jack Eichel did last night after the game. Let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock and dive in with Eichel's chirp because, well, he returned to Buffalo for the first time since last November's trade, and it didn't exactly go so well for the Vegas Golden Knights, a 3-1 to one loser to the Buffalo Sabres. And more than that, he had this to say about the crowd afterwards. Were you surprised at the level of uh, intensity of the crowd? The booze? That's about the loudest I've heard this place ever. <laughs> 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 really after after uh, it only took seven years of me leaving for them to uh, get into the game but uh yeah i mean i'm sure there was mixed uh you know it was a nice tribute and uh... chris i think there was a lot baked into this not just the loss at a critical time of year for the golden knights whose season seems to be slipping away a little bit but the fact that the two guys he was traded for in peyton krebs and alex tuck also score in the loss for the golden knights so my question to you is the reaction that we see from Jack Eichel, what do you think? What do you make of it? Well, first of all, he's probably right that that building probably was the loudest it's been in seven years. And unfortunately, that speaks to the, the disappointment that's been going on in Buffalo for several years. 
you know, I, I think you're right. All of all of what you said crept into his comments. He was definitely frustrated. Uh, anytime you go back to the city that traded you, you want to have a good game. You want to have a strong performance. Uh, and instead, you have the two guys you were traded for that score. Uh, and the crowd boos you every time you touch the puck. So clearly a frustrating night for Eichel. Um, but I think it's I think it's a great storyline that, you know, you have heroes and villains in the league. And now this, you know, Eichel's a perceived villain in Buffalo. And it's uh, I think every time he plays there, it's going to be like that. It, it reminds me of uh, just taking it a little outside of hockey for right now when when Vancouver drafted um, Steve Francis uh, in, in the NBA. So the Vancouver Grizzlies drafted Francis. He refused to go there. The first game he played in Vancouver as a member of the Houston Rockets, loudest sporting event I've ever been to. The, the boos were just nonstop. So I think that's good for the league to have that uh, you know that that rivalry with with a, a player that used to be on your team. So. Yes, yeah, speaking of basketball, we had that same type of reaction in Philadelphia on Thursday yes, night sure. with Ben Simmons making his return with the New Jersey Nets, but or the Brooklyn mm -hmm. Nets, I should say. But when you think back to Eichel, he was going to be a villain regardless anytime he returned to Buffalo based on the way that it played out. How much did this add to that, given you know his comments, given that he seemed to be so sarcastic in nature? Yeah, he definitely could have handled it in a more professional way and probably saved himself uh, or, or given him a little more respect out of it. But, uh, you know, sometimes that happens when you're, you're caught in the moment and, and you're frustrated and you, you make a comment like that, that, you know, sort of will be everybody in Buffalo will, will be offended by that. And, and that won't easily go away. So I think I could that definitely could have handled that a little better. But it's what happens in the moment. Yeah. Uh, hey, I don't mind it. It gives us something to talk about and uh, exactly. something to look forward to on the next trip to Buffalo for Jack Eichel. Even though it only happens once a year, that's sort of the only criminal part of it. Um, let's yeah. take a deep dive into Vegas and where things stand in relation to the trade deadline, because it just feels like the wheels are falling off a bit. You take a look at Vegas and their records since Jack Eichel made his season debut, 4-6-1, and one, 25th in the league in points percentage over that stretch. And now you've got Robin Leonard back in Vegas. You've got Riley Smith back in Vegas. Leonard on crutches, according to Sinbin Vegas. And I believe this is a groin injury that he's dealing with. In addition to the shoulder injury that we've already reported on. So the goaltending is now probably left in the hands of Lauren Brassois and Logan Thompson. Uh, it's a lot to ask. Aside from a goalie, you know, where do the Golden Knights stand at this point, Chris? And what's your level of concern as they've continued to plummet in the standings, which is good news for teams like the Edmonton Oilers and Vancouver Canucks, who are just fighting to stay alive in the Pacific? Yeah, I think there's great cause for concern in Vegas. And, you know, goaltending wasn't the issue last night. I thought Laurent Brassois actually played very well. Um, but, you know, this is a team that's struggling to find an identity. You lose a player like Mark Stone, who I think – stirs the drink a little bit there. Uh, and instead, you replace him with Eichel, who's obviously very talented and, you know, who, who hasn't fit in badly. I think he's got uh, seven points in his first through his first 10 games there, but totally different personality, different character, and trying to find that chemistry, uh, you know, with a player like that who's supposed to be now your, your first line center, uh, that's a struggle. And to try to do that in midseason when you've already got, you know, your line combinations and your, your team formation already set, um, that's that's a big ask, you know, replacing, um, uh, putting Eichel in there and missing Stone. I think they really need to figure out something quick or it's going to keep trending downward. 
Yeah, I think the only maybe benefit or positive if there is one, if Leonard is out for a while, is the fact that you'd have that long-term injury space to go and, and replace him. And don't sleep on the fact that they've also lost Alec Martinez for a long period of time too. A significant contributor to their back end just hasn't felt quite right since that facial injury and, and really just hasn't been able to get it together. You thought at varying moments that he'd be close. Those are a lot of pieces. You, you know, you take Stone, you take Leonard, you take uh, Martinez, you take Smith out. Like that's not only is it significant salary, it's a significant chunk of the heart of your lineup. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's, and I think it's two things, right? It's what they contribute on the ice, but I think it's also what they contribute off the ice. And sure, they're still around the team a little bit as they go through their rehabilitation, but it's not the same as being on the bench and in the room between periods and providing that leadership. So. Uh, you know, I think um, I think it's going to be a, a challenge here for Vegas. But if they can get in and all those guys come back, then, you know, look out. They're going to be tough. By the way, I wanted to give a little love to Craig Anderson hitting his 300th career NHL win on Thursday night against the Golden Knights. He's 40 years old, probably thought he was retiring, gets the call from Buffalo and a comeback. Nine short of 300. Not easy to grind that out at the age of 40 on a team that really, frankly, hasn't been very good this season. So uh, certainly congratulations to Craig Anderson and his family. Uh, a team not like the Golden Knights, not like the Sabres, that's absolutely been cooking all season long, the Florida Panthers. And Chris, to me, wanted to talk about their deadline plans as they get closer I think the Panthers are one of the biggest wild cards in the NHL over the next 10 days into the deadline because they seem to be involved in just about everything. We know that they had inquired previously with the Arizona Coyotes about Jacob Chikrin. I believe the number one defenseman on their list in terms of rentals is Hampus Lindholm from the Anaheim Ducks. But he's also the Panthers have also been linked to Claude Giroux and the Philadelphia Flyers versatile forward that can play center, can play wing. They have probably some salary cap constraints. You know, their offense, though, when you look at it, Chris, they're on pace to set a new NHL record in the salary cap era for goals in a season. They're north of 4.1 a game, trending towards 4.2 a game after another six spot that they put up against the Philadelphia Flyers on Thursday night. When you look at this team, if you were to, you know, to pick a spot to add, where would the priority be for you? For me, it'd be on defense. I, I wouldn't mess with this forward group. Uh, obviously, you know, they can score at will. Uh, they've got four lines that, that have good balance and that just keep rolling at you and, and provide lots of problems. They've got, you know, guys like Carter Verhage who scores, but is also, you know, a bit of a pain to play against. Uh, obviously, all the, the top end skill with, with Barkov and Reinhardt and uh, Huberdeau. I mean, it's, uh, again, I wouldn't mess with the forward group, but on, on defense, I think, you know, adding a piece would help. Um, you know, they've, they've got a good group, but uh, Nudevara is injured. So I think he might be a while. Maybe they can use his LTI money if he's not expected back. But even if he is, I think that's a group that uh, could probably use some, some further depth as they head into the playoffs. So that's, that's where I'd be looking at about Florida. Yeah, you look at this scoring chart here, Huberto uh, now in the league lead in terms of scorers, passing Connor McDavid on Thursday night. And they have uh, four guys almost that are at a point per game, including Aaron Ekblad on defense. And you mentioned defense, and really what stands out to me, Chris, is just the flexibility that they have because Mackenzie Weger, him and Ekblad have been so good together, but Weger's playing on his offhand side. So what's cool about the Panthers at the deadline is, well, they could ideally get a left shot guy and then move Weger back to the right side on the second pair and really beef that unit up. 
or they could go get a left shot guy uh, or, or excuse me, a right shot guy and leave Uyghur up there. And, right. you know, either way, if you're properly spotting your defenseman appropriately to take a guy like Radko Gudas, who's been fine and push him down to your third pair and, and sort of rejig things. I think that would make yeah. the Panthers that much stronger uh, to be a competitor. You know, Gudas has been fine this season. No issues. But um, he's in a spot where he's probably a good third pair defenseman on a contending team. So that seems to be the kind of clear hole to me. Gustav Forsling has had a yeah. great year as well. So many guys in the Panthers having good years. It's, uh, it's been unbelievable to watch. Let's talk about uh, an important story that you had on dailyfaceoff.com on Thursday, and that is it's free agent season, college free agents, undrafted free agents that are signing not just from the NCAA, but also potentially from U Sports once some of those seasons end. And your story was about why it's risky for college unrestricted free agents to potentially jump into the NHL right away and burn the first year of their entry-level contract. Tell us that story, the cautionary tale, because that's the one sort of carrot that teams are able to dangle, especially non-playoff teams when it comes to this time of year, to try and win uh, an undrafted free agent from the NCAA ranks and say, hey, come join our lineup. We'll put you in right now. You can get a taste of the NHL immediately as opposed to having to wait a bit. Yeah, exactly. And, and, for starters, it's not just the under or the, um, the the UFA college guys. It's also drafted guys that maybe play a couple of years and then decide to come out early. But when you burn a year, so let's say let's say a guy graduates, he's played his four years, he's a UFA, and he's probably 22 years old, which limits him to two years in the entry level system as opposed to the usual three. If he burns that year by playing as little as one game in this season, he's only got one year left in the entry level system. That's a time when if a player is not a star, you know, he's not a Kale McCarr or a Quinn Hughes that obviously can can burn that year and, and they're going to be a star either way. But if there's a player that, you know, is maybe on that cusp and needs development time, uh, you're risking potentially not being able to, to hang on with an organization. Uh, the cautionary tale I used was a kid named Griffin Molino. Um, you know, he played at Western Michigan, had a, a really solid college career, was highly touted, lots of teams interested in him. Uh, fast as anything, our, our scouts said he had wings on under his jersey. Um, this is a kid that had a lot of promise. And as a 22-year-old, again, eligible to sign a two-year entry-level deal, uh, wanted to, to, to get there quick, right? Wanted to get to, to that RFA status and that second contract quick. So wanted to burn the year. Uh, so basically had one year of development with the organization. And you can see on the chart there, uh, spent – you know, five year, five five games that that first year uh, with the big club. Then then the second year, which was really the one development year spent with Utica, didn't didn't quite get to where the organization expected him to get to, and uh, Vancouver didn't didn't qualify him. And so I think that probably hurt his confidence. It, it hurt his development. Maybe the organization didn't see enough runway to invest in him from a development perspective or from an off season training perspective. And you know, you see he ends up playing a few more years in the AHL, but not moving on. And I don't know whether burning the year would have changed the, the path for Griffin Molino or, or other players like him, but I think it is a danger uh, if you're not in that elite category like like McCarr or Hughes or others. Uh, you know, you, you got to be careful with burning the year. It seems, seems like it's going to get you to the promised land quicker, but it may have the opposite effect. And um, 
and and hurt your development to the point where you're not going to actually make a solid career. So just uh, something interesting I found in, in dealing with some of those contracts over the years and thought it would be interesting for uh, Daily Faceoff. Yeah, no, it's, it's the other side of it that I think a lot of us don't consider, especially in the age of instant gratification. It's like, hey, get me into the NHL as quickly as possible. And I don't know, maybe the flip side, if you were arguing and you're looking at the Molino contract and you're looking at his career, provided that he hasn't had a long one, you'd say, well, at least he got five games in the NHL that he otherwise wouldn't have gotten. So he can say at least at some point, hey, I made it to the NHL. That wouldn't have been guaranteed had he not maybe chosen the Canucks and picked a different team. Who knows? Right. There's two ways yeah. to look at it and, and certainly an interesting argument. So head on over to Daily Faceoff and check out Chris's story. Let's bring in Tim Peel, a retired NHL referee, to talk about all the officiating this week that's certainly caused the stir throughout the NHL with another edition of Ask Peelzy. Pleased to welcome back to the Daily Faceoff show, Tim Peel, longtime NHL referee, for another edition of Ask Peelzy, delivered by DoorDash. Tim, when you take a look at what happened this week in terms of a couple blown calls late in games, certainly you see Austin Matthews fired up on Thursday, the Edmonton Oilers fired up on Wednesday night. What what can, what do you make of it? I mean, we see these situations where it's the last minute or last two minutes of a game and a call is not made. Is that a situational decision by a referee or do you view that more as a blown call? Well, Frank, that's a great question. Unfortunately, I have to uh, go with your latter point that it's a blown call. Uh, Bill McCreary, longtime NHL ref in the Hockey Hall of Fame, I, whom I consider the best ref to ever ref in the NHL. He said, he said to me many years ago, he goes, you have two or three opportunities in, in, in a game to step up and make a call. You can skate around for 56, 57 minutes, but there's a couple times during the game in which you need to step up. And the call with Ovechkin and Hyman the other day, you know, I, I, I tried to reach out to one of the officials, was unable to, to get him today to get his take on the Ovechkin play because clearly, it, you know, that's a penalty that we called in the in the 80s, let alone in 2022. And it, it clearly had an impact on the game. Last night's call wasn't as egregious, the, the Matthews play, but it was definitely a penalty that we need to call and that I can guarantee you Stephen Walkham and Coley Campbell expect our guys to make that call every night. And I don't know if it's inexperience with the two officials that were working last night's game because one guy, uh, Blandina, is a first or second year ref and the other referee, Kendrick Nicholson. Um, unfortunately, he hasn't worked playoffs yet and he's still trying to find his way in the NHL. But that's a time where you need to step up and make that call. The players expect that call to be made. And, and, and Austin Matthews, who I have a tremendous amount of respect for, he very rarely complains. And so when you- Wait, Tim, I, I want to stop you for a sec. But yeah. So you, you said that you thought that this wasn't egregious. If we could just roll this gift back one more second, Alex, to, to take a look at the two times that there's a hand off the stick and grabbing Austin Matthews, like what part of this? And and by the way, you're looking at the position of the referee. He's looking right at it, hand off the right. stick, grabbing off Austin Matthews, either on his stick or the free arm. Like what? Where? Why isn't this no, call made? No. 
No, uh, Frank, you're absolutely right. When, and when I said egregious, I, I was comparing it to the Ovechkin play. The Ovechkin play is clearly a penalty Ooh. 10 out of 10. This is clearly a penalty as well. Uh, it happens quick where the hand gets in on, on Matthews. But you're right, Kendrick Nicholson, number 30, is looking directly at that play. What you have to, as a referee, as soon as you see a turnover, you have to make a judgment call. Was there a turnover on that play because of, of an infraction? And clearly there was in this case. And 100%, you're absolutely right. This should have been a penalty. So, Tim, when, when calls like this happen, what's, take us through the process that happens the next day. Is, it, or, or is somebody talking with Stephen Walkham or how does, how does it play out so that these calls are maybe don't happen in the future or these referees have an opportunity to, to improve? How, what, take us through that. No, Steve, Steve, you're right. So Stephen Walkham, uh, whether it's via email, um, whether there was a supervisor at the game last night, I'm not sure if there was in Toronto. Uh, they would address this call uh, with those two referees this morning and get their feedback. You know, hey, why did why was this call not being made? Because as as Frank alluded to earlier, this is a call that the players expect now. They expect this call to be made, and and under the the standard that we've had for a number of years. This is a penalty that should be called every night. So Stephen Walken, the director of officiating, would reach out to the officials, get their feedback. And listen, at the end of the day, you know, I don't want to get on the, these refs, but there's a reason that some refs work playoffs and some refs don't work playoffs. And when, you know, this is, this is a call that if you want to elevate your game and be considered one of the top officials in the NHL, you need to make this call so that the NHL says, hey, we can put this guy into an, an NHL playoff game. We can trust him. But if you don't make that call, it's tough for them to say, hey, we're going to put you in the playoffs. Interesting. Now, what do you make of Gabriel Landeskog's comments last night? Very pointed. He said in 11 years playing in this league, I've never sat up here and commented on the officiating in a post-game press conference. He was pretty measured in his response, but certainly was very critical. So you see the frustration from Matthews. You see it from another star player in Landeskog, this time critical of Wes McCauley and TJ Luxmore. You know, what what, how would that type of criticism be received? Clearly, uh, NHL officials have access to social media. I'm sure that they've seen it. Right. I'm sure it's been shared in the group. What Would that come back to bite Landis Cog at some point, or would something like that be respected, given that it was done in, in a professional manner? No, I, I, I think, you know, uh, I've got a, I, I know myself and, and the officials that I know have a tremendous amount of respect for for Landis Gog. Uh, I didn't unfortunately see his comments. I, I uh, went to the Blues game last night in, here in St. Louis and and uh, watched the Blues and the Rangers play. So I didn't get to see a lot of the hockey last night. But Wes McCauley, you know, who I, you've heard me say this before, Frank, you know, I consider he's the best referee in the National Hockey League. Uh, you know, he played at Michigan State. He's got a, his dad was a director of officiating his, his lineage of, of experience and, and so on in this league is, is unprecedented. TJ Luxmore, who's a very good ref. I think he worked the first or second round last year. I didn't see the calls that Gabriel is, is upset about. 
Um, but I can tell you that he has a tremendous amount of respect from our guys. And, and I know our guys would not hold that against him. And I, and I know Landis Gog would, would be the first to come out and probably tap them on the shins the next game and say, Hey, you know what? I probably shouldn't have said that. Or maybe, and you know what? Maybe if he, if he believes in his heart that he should have said it, then that's fine too. You have to respect him. Yeah, certainly no shortage of criticism here in the last week for NHL officials. Feels like this is going to be a big talking point at the NHL's general managers meetings that begin on March 27th well, in South Florida. Well, and, Tim, and you know what, Frank, you know what, Frank, before we close up, this is the best time of the year because everyone's fighting for a playoff spot. Even teams that think that they can't make the playoffs are fighting. We saw Ottawa come into St. Louis a couple days ago and beat St. Louis. This is where every call every night is going to be scrutinized by us, by the fans, by the GMs, the coaches and players, because this is the best time of year and we're, we're in for a great stretch. Yeah, from here on in, no doubt about that. Certainly everything under a microscope. Thanks to Tim Peel. This has been another edition of Ask Peelzy, delivered by DoorDash. You see the promo codes at the bottom of your screen there. D-F-O-D-D if you're in Canada, D-F-O-D-D-U-S if you're in the United States. That gets you 25% off and free delivery on your first order. You don't feel like cooking tonight, it's Friday. DoorDash has got you covered. All your favorites and more delivered right to your door. All right, Chris, it's time for our daily face-off show inbox question of the day. Hit us up on Twitter, hashtag AskDFO. So we've covered Jack Eichel's comments. We've covered the officiating. Oh, we got to get to Alex Nedeljkovic in this gaff. And so what I want you to do, Chris, is give me one gif or one meme to describe this goal against. Well, they call him Ned. So I had to go with uh, a Ned Flanders gif. Uh, <laughs> I think I think Nadelkovich probably used a little stronger language than Ned Flanders, but uh, I think the same the same emotion articulated at the end of the day. Oh, that's so well done. I love the Ned Flanders reference as well for Ned, uh, who's had a strong season in Detroit, by the way. Um, but for me, I just went with something uh, a little bit more simple: Ace Ventura. Um, <laughs> uh, I just I don't know why this play was necessary. The big SWAT, like you could yeah, have just really. stopped it and and pushed it behind the net. It was just like, why were you trying to do too much there? And I don't know. Ace Ventura always seems to come through in the clutch, as they say. You're a weird guy, Ace. So uh, <laughs> certainly uh, think, fun to have. God, Chris. I think Ned's locked up the misplay of the year already, and it's early March, right? So uh, that is sure to be played time and time again and unfortunately yeah. they, they lost in overtime and he was you know he slammed his stick and broke his stick and probably was thinking about that goal but uh yeah just it How happens could you not? You know, every, every goalie probably has one of those so Too yeah bad. no no question even the best um so let's get to our daily face-off show daily bet segment tyler remchuk how'd you do last night bud mm-hmm I had a good night, a perfect three for three. And we had the parlay that paid out about plus 140. We had the Clayton Keller assist prop, which paid out plus 130 as well. So a solid night. Let's roll that into the weekend here and get on a little bit of a heater. So let's jump into it, courtesy of our friends at PointsBet. My first play at the top there, the Minnesota Wild taking on the Columbus Blue Jackets. And an interesting nugget here. 
The Blue Jackets actually had some plane issues last night. They were supposed to be flying back from Long Island, but they actually had to stay an extra night in New York. They didn't get into into Columbus until I think just before noon local time. So they had a bit of a hectic schedule. They also got waxed by the Islanders last night, six nothing. And for the Wild, they beat the Red Wings in a high scoring affair. Obviously, they got a bit of a bounce with that Nadelkovic goal. Uh, but I think the Wild are maybe starting to find their game a little bit here. They've won two in a row. Yes, they're on the road, but like I said, Columbus got waxed last night. I think there may be a little bit of a of a rest thing going on with them having to stay the extra night in Long Island. So I like going with Minnesota on the puck line at plus 125. I also like taking the Winnipeg Jets as underdogs tonight in New York. The Jets and Islanders both in action last night, but the Jets saved Connor Hellebuck for this start. Now, granted, Hellebuck hasn't been playing great lately, but I'm looking at that. They're underdogs. I think this is going to be a pretty close game, but I do give Winnipeg a little bit of an edge. And I think Hellebuck's eventually going to bounce back and have a good game. So given me plus money on that to potentially happen tonight, I am all over it. And to wrap things up with my player prop for tonight's slate, I am going with the Brian Rust assist. Uh, it's not a great payout, but this should be a pretty good matchup for the Penguins as they're taking on a Golden Knights team that lost to Buffalo last night. And they're starting Logan Thompson tonight, just his third appearance of the season. They have no Robin Leonard, no Riley Smith. You already talked about the injuries Vegas is facing. I think Pittsburgh should score. Rust has hit this mark in four of his last five games and have has five assists total over that span. So a Brian Rust apple. We got Minnesota on the puck line. Winnipeg just on the straight up money line. Those, those are my three plays, Frank. As long as you're not picking Kasperi Kapanen to get an apple there. Uh, lots of questions in Pittsburgh this morning. Mike Sullivan at his press conference about Kapanen potentially sitting out as a healthy scratch tonight against the Vegas Golden Knights who are in town for their only matchup of the year in Pittsburgh. And Chris, I see you've changed here. Uh, uh, <laughs> gear has changed his gear to now. Uh, is that a check jersey? Yarmir Yager, that, that brings me. us to garbage. Yarmir Yager, 68 check jersey. Uh, rolling into our garbage time segment, I wanted to use uh, Tyler's segment as a as a, a quick wardrobe change. Uh, but I want to talk about Yarmer Yager. He's he's been in the news a lot this week. Uh, first of all, his his place uh, as third all time in the NHL in goals is uh, probably coming to an end very quickly here as Alex Ovechkin chases him down. Uh, but more importantly, Yarmer Yager staged a charity game in uh, Prague. And this is the team that he plays for at 50 years old, but also is an owner of, uh, which I find incredible. And uh, he, he organized a game with all proceeds supporting uh, Ukrainian families who are seeking refuge in uh, in Czech Republic or Czechia or whatever we're calling it now. Uh, but just it, it raised $160,000, including a $68,000 donation from the NHL. Uh, and I think it's incredible. A lot of us, you know, want to help. Uh, Yager had the power to help and he actually did something about it. And I think, uh, you know, in this in this time of need for Ukrainians, it's just an outstanding contribution that he made. And again, just a 50 year old playing hockey and, and using that for to benefit others. I think it's just a great story. So worthy of the jersey. Yeah, no doubt about that. I, I just can't think of a player in NHL history that really changed the conversation about himself, changed the opinion of himself in league circles when Yarmir Yager came back from the KHL and debuted with the Philadelphia Flyers in 2011-12. I got to know him really well that one season in Philadelphia and actually kept in touch with him over his last number of years in the NHL. And he was just such a mentor to the young guys, 
had such a big heart, worked his arse off, and now you see still going at age 50, clearly has uh, a big heart as well to help Ukrainian refugees. So uh, unbelievable stories. Had some fun on social media as well, saying how long until Ovi takes down his mark. He was asking NHL mm-hmm. officials for what the shot count was for Wayne Gretzky to finally break uh, the all-time record from Gordie Howe. And so uh, he's, he learned that it only took one shot. So in this case, maybe Ovechkin the other night was doing him a little bit of a favor. So uh, certainly uh, full marks to Yarmer Yager for his help and work overseas as he keeps playing at age 50. So, Chris, uh, be an interesting night in the NHL. Let's see what happens with the Vegas Golden Knights. I wonder a little bit, is Pete DeBoer on the hot seat? So many things to watch and consider as we have 10 days to go until the NHL trade deadline. We'll be back on Monday with another edition of the Daily Faceoff Show, 12 noon Eastern. You know where to find us. Until then, keep it locked over the weekend on Daily Faceoff for all the latest news insight and analysis from around the NHL. We've got you covered. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks for watching the Daily Faceoff Show. Make sure you hit subscribe on our YouTube channel to never miss an episode. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. 
And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.